Opening the Gift of Contentment. Good day. And so our Lord's brother, James, has launched us into a discussion about quarrels and fights and the cause of them. He said, You want what you don't have. I propose that what they thought they wanted, position, possessions, etc., was not what they wanted at all, but rather substitutes for a void inside. What the Jewish Christians wanted, truly, was contentment. The Greek word used to describe the contentment Paul was talking about, remember in Philippians 4, verse 11, when he said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances, including being imprisoned in shackles and hungry. Doesn't it just mean to be satisfied or to have sufficient? No, it means more than that. It means that we have an attitude that lets us be satisfied with whatever is available. Paul makes it clear that contentment is a learned behavior. It is an inward, gracious frame of spirit, a grace that spreads itself through the whole soul. I grew up with the role model of contentment. She grew up poor as a church mouse, one of 11 children, often living in a tent because her father had gambled away his paycheck. She was married almost 62 years, but never had a wedding ring, never went on a honeymoon. She was married at the courthouse in Rio Vista, not too far from Sacramento, California, at noon and went to work packing asparagus in the cannery at 3 p.m. She wasn't educated by the world's standards, not even having completed high school, but she was so wise. She often had a song on her lips, though she certainly couldn't carry a tune, and her nature was characterized by thankfulness. She was, of course, my mother. She was a study in contentment. One day I was sitting at the beach and began to think of the hallmarks of my 90-year-old mother's life and what made her who she was. I could only find a piece of scratch paper in my bag, but used it to make note of the special things about her. They lined up as neatly as spokes on a wheel, with the hub being that of contentment. I've thought about the subject and talked about it with lots of people since then. People want contentment, but it seems to elude them, especially now in 2009 when most people I know do not know what it means to deny themselves too much. But here's the thing I noticed. Contentment can only be had when there is a realization that it does not come from possessions, accomplishments, or station in life. Rather, these are just icing on the cake, but not the pathway to happiness. It is not uncommon for us to think, I'll be happy when, everything will be better when, if only, if I could get this, or be then I'd be happy. We set up a chess game of waiting that will allegedly lead to contentment. If we continue to come up lacking or empty, it seems to me that we we ought be led to consideration of why that might be. Some thinking is in order. Let's go back to my mom, okay? If she possessed contentment and it didn't seem to be linked to things or even circumstances, where did it come from? Two themes emerged as her children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, and friends remembered her at her funeral several months after I had begun my musing on the beach. She loved God and lived her life like she thought he would have wanted wanted her to. She loved others and took pleasure serving them. Anytime somebody just dropped in for a visit, she had a piece of homemade pie and coffee to give them. Heck, it seemed like she lived for these unannounced interruptions. Loving God, loving others, and serving them, those were her priorities, and she lived by them. These priorities that she lived by brought her contentment. Her joy was not dampened when money was scarce, or my dad was raging about something which was often his bent. How about you? What are your priorities? 
Did you know that you're choosing what will be said about you someday by the priorities you live by? Some of my most cherished weekly reading is found in the Sunday New York Times obituaries. Macabre? No, just very enlightening and often inspirational. I separate the section out and savor reading about the lives of some very interesting people. Consider this fellow, Dr. Sam D, we'll call him, 89 and 11 months. Cherished husband, darling father of so-and-so. He will always be an inspiration to his family and friends for how to live life wholeheartedly and selflessly, always putting others first and giving unconditional love. His grace, wisdom, kindness, compassion, intelligence, humor, and sensibilities have enriched, enriched our lives and will always be remembered. He was our center. Well, what will be said about you? About your priorities? Dr. Sam was said to live selflessly. It seems like in getting to the heart of contentment, we must become less focused on self. Then there is the element of the God-shaped void. Do you think it is possible to really know contentment without knowing God, at least to some degree? I ask myself that. I look around, study people, talk to them. Well, I just don't think it is. Consider this verse. But godliness with contentment is great gain, found in 1 Timothy 6. Oh, my friends, I pray it is for you. You're in my heart today. I pray that you will know contentment. Christine.
Hey, man. 